Hello, friends, and welcome to Ill-Natured Podcast. This is Michelle. And I'm Alyssa. Has, it's a surprise case for me. I don't know what you're doing. Really? No, I don't. I'm pretty sure I've told you, but you, you just probably don't did. Remember. I forgot it. It's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So what you got? So today we are covering the disappearance of the Lion Sisters. Oh, Alyssa, that's today. That is today, madam. All right. Well, friends, children. So just uh, there are children in this one. Yeah. Now. Um, I was having a hard time at first kind of finding some information on it because everything I read was basically the same thing and it wasn't too much that, you know, didn't get like super deep dive. I was listening to That's a right. podcast though that kind of helped me out. It was, um, the investigation continues. So that I got a lot of good information from there and mm-hmm. I'll tell you a few more of my resources at the end. Awesome. But so I'm interested to yeah. hear. And um yeah, I mean like like Michelle said, it's a children's case. So you know, and take also, that into let me just let me just go ahead and make a public apology for the candy that was eaten live on the air the past two episodes. We are done with the Easter candy. It is officially gone, but I'm sorry. Because when I listened to it, I was like, oh my gosh, I could hear every pop rock sizzling in my mouth. <laughs> it was a mess. So I'm sorry. I hate to hear people chew too. Like I'm one of those, there's a name for people that I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. But yeah. So basically, please continue to listen please. to Please, we'll never eat on air again. I have brisket and I was like, Alyssa, I'm going to eat this brisket before we start. Because I'm not going to do that to my friends again. Yeah. Look at Honey laying on you. She loves me now. Because of the brisket. Because of the brisket. I have to bring meat for um, Alyssa's pup every time I come. Because I want her to love me and hang out with me. And it works. Yeah, she's laying on her right now. Yep. There's the sweetest pup in the world. Looking at the brisket. The leftover brisket. Yep. So, anyways, right, any we got that out of the way. I was afraid I'd forget, but I did want to say something because yeah. that is never gonna happen again. We're gonna be real professional. I do have cough drops in my bag. <laughs> Keep this <reference>. Okay. <laughs> so um, Sheila Lyon, who was twelve, and Catherine Lyon, who was ten, went missing in Washington D.C. in nineteen seventy-five, and their case went unsolved. For almost 40 years, I think. It, oh, there was right. a break in the case in 2013. What? Yeah, it went unsolved for that long. That is crazy. And we will definitely get into some of the things the police screwed up. Uh, so. Sucks when that happens, especially in a case like this. Yeah, for real. Ugh. So, Sheila and Catherine were born to John and Mary Lyon. Um, and fun fact, both of them shared the middle name Mary after their mother. Okay, Mary Mary. Yeah, there okay. were Sheila Mary and Catherine Mary. You don't hear that. You don't hear that very often. 
You you know? Like, I have uncles that there's three of them that share the same middle name. Really? Yeah. That's nuts. I've never heard of that. Never heard of That's cool. I know. I mean, whatever. What else? I might. I might. Well, I'm not having any more Kias. from quit playing. I might. Oh, I'm old. <laughs> and I'm done. You can do some egg retrievals. Stop. I will do no such thing. <laughs> you know Courtney Kardashian's doing right now so she can have a baby with Travis Barker? I like Travis Barker. I always have. Ever since that show, I can't remember um what he, who he was married to then. But he seems like a good dude. She, she, I've been watching the Kardashians on Hulu, and he looks to make her very happy. I mean, Scott proposed once, and she denied, so. Well, Scott sucked. Yeah. I'll jump on with you. You'll have to tell me what episode you're watching. Okay. So we can chat about it. I mean, not on here. Y'all, I don't know. that Y'all want to hear about the Kardashians? Me and my sister used to watch it just for entertainment. Oh, I love them. I love them. I don't love them. What? I think they suck, but I think they're entertaining. Oh, I love them. Sorry. I'm not, like, obsessed with them. I, but think like, they're, I think, I don't think they're horrible people. I just don't think I would want to hang out with them. Like, any of them. I think that's just celebrities in general, though. Well, that's right. That's right. But, you don't know. Because they're just used to the lavish lifestyle. That's right. Okay, anywho. Sorry about that. Friends, little tangent. The lion sisters. Yes. Both with middle names. Mary. Same middle name. Mary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, both girls were honor roll students and were always well-behaved, of course. Catherine, who also went by Kate, was outgoing and mm-hmm. athletic. Um, she always liked to make people laugh as well. And she was more of the tomboy out of the two. And the picture we will post, which is most used picture of the girls um, associated with the case, Catherine is going to be on the right with a short blonde bob and blue eyes. And I'm just going to see if I can pull that picture up for you, Michelle. Catherine was in the fifth grade when she disappeared. That one's Catherine. Oh, they're so innocent, both of them. Look at those turtlenecks. God bless America. Oh, no. <laughs> the 70s. Um, or now. If you wear a turtleneck, uh, hey. Hey, you I got a turtleneck sweater. Yeah. Remember I was wearing the yeah. green pants, girl? I was looking good. I can't wear turtlenecks because I feel like I'm being choked all day. <laughs> I do. We used to wear some turtlenecks, so we would layer them up. Turtleneck. And then you'd have, I had some of those. No, not me. My mother. She had some inserts, so you didn't have to wear the turtleneck sleeves. It was just an insert that went up under your blouse or your blazer. I wish I had kept one. It was so silly. Where's the rest of your shirt, Ma? Ma? Okay, I'm so sorry about all these tangents. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm about to get into one, too, I think. Um, So, Sheila was the older one, the more quiet and reserved one. She, she's the one with the glasses. Yeah, the blonde. She looks more reserved. With, Y'all wait till you see the picture. No. Um, she had just started learning how to cook with her mother and had just started babysitting to make some extra money. Aww. She was at the age now that her mom let her wear blue eyeshadow, which was a big deal. And she was in seventh grade. That's awesome. Before her disappearance, Sheila was getting ready and exciting about cheerleading tryouts, which kind of broke my heart. Um, Because when I was literally her same age, I was in seventh grade. 
I was like super shy and like reserved. I didn't really have a lot of friends and stuff. And I had a hard time like fitting in and like feeling comfortable with myself. Yeah. But I had mur- like mustered up the courage to start going to um, tumbling after school, which right. is where like the other girls that were on the cheer team the previous year and a few others that were interested in, in trying out would practice and learn more skills like backhand right. and tucks and things yeah. like that. So I went and worked on my back handspring for like months. Yeah. Um, and you tried it out. I did. I was so nervous. Yeah. But I tried out. Did you make it? I'll tell you in a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Alyssa, come on. I got to finish laying the story mm-hmm, out for mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. So I was so nervous though because I was like really scared of like not making the team. Yeah. And um I was like one of the only girls that were trying out that I never got my back handspring. I remember I worked on it in ninth grade too for like a year, still couldn't get it. And I was like, I'm It quitting. just wasn't meant to be. No. It just wasn't meant to be, sis. But no, anyways, okay. so mm-hmm. I was like the only one out of like three or four girls out of like thirty or forty that were trying out that couldn't do their back handspring. Right. And that was like one of their requirements to do competition was a back handspring. Oh. And so I was like super nervous, but I still tried out. And so Day one tryouts came, and I can't remember exactly all what we did that day, like, during tryouts. Like, I know, like, I remember us, like, exercising first and, like, running, and then we might have learned part of the dance and, you know, maybe some tumbling. I'm not really sure, but at the end of the day, we would all sit down, and they would call our names, and if you got called, you would go home with like a little pink postcard looking like right that was like the next level yeah so Mm -hmm. i got called and i went over to the next level and i was like super excited well then day two came and it was tumbling skills and doing a dance in like a group of five girls like the cheer dance or whatever right i'm nervous right now hearing this story by the way so (laughs) so like i said everyone but like two or three people threw a back handspring and we were all, I remember us all being in, like, a circle, I think. You didn't try and, and fall or something. No, 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 no. I no, need no. to know if this was, okay. No. Okay. I just went and threw, like, a round off or something. Yeah. But I couldn't throw a back handspring, and I was, like, super, like, upset about it. Yeah. And then we did the dance, and I was already shy, and I was, like, not really loud during the dance, because I was disappointed in myself for not throwing the back handspring. And then we get in this group, and, like, all the girls are sitting behind you. And I'm already, like, stage shy. Like, I don't like being watched. Mm-mm. And I feel like I'm being judged all the time. And so there's mm-hmm. all these girls, all of them that have already been on the cheer team. They're all sitting behind us, and we're in, like, a group of five, and we're doing this dance. And we were, like, so quiet. Alyssa. My yeah. heart is racing. It was super freaking embarrassing. So the end of tryouts, I was cut. I didn't make the team. But you tried, and that's awesome. And, I was, and you're stronger for it. I was so upset. Oh, I know. But with that whole tangent, I just went off on. I love the story, but I'm still nervous. So we got to, I don't know, let's erase this story. I, I, I just, uh, with all that being said, I just know how she was feeling. She was excited and she was nervous. And but she, she had, might not have made the team, but she didn't even get to try. So oh, it just breaks that my feeling, heart. Yeah. yeah, like I can feel that feeling. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I know exactly, like, how she is feeling, and she didn't even get to try out, and that's why I'm just kind of upset. I know. Because she, she finally, like, got the courage to do it and didn't even get to try. Whoever this guy is, or woman, or whoever did something with them, 
So the girls lived in Kensington, Maryland. They had an older brother named Jay who went on to become a police officer. And John, their father, was a radio host at WMAL, a local radio station that was owned by ABC. That's a fun job. They were, I think he was like one of the most popular radio personalities yeah. at the time. Radio personalities were a big deal. Yeah. Back, those, back in those days, especially, he was a celebrity. And he was like working for this super popular radio station. Cool. Um, but after the girls disappeared, I think he went, later on went to become a victim's counselor and gave up. That's awesome. The radio. So, March 25th, 1975, Sheila and Catherine walked to the Wheaton Plaza shopping mall that was only half a mile from their home with $4 in between them. Bless it. They were going to go, you know, grab lunch or whatever, but it was normal for kids this young oh, yeah. and to walk along. This was, what, 75? Yeah. Yep. So, this was completely mm-hmm. normal, you know, of course, for girls to go uh, adult supervision. I mean, they lived in such a low crime rate community. Like, what? what? And stuff like that hadn't really started. No. Hadn't really ramped up until, what, like, 76, 7, 8, something like that. Like, you know, this is probably right in the beginning but, of yep. it. Where these creeps realized these kids are just... Ugh. Yeah. So... The sisters were headed to the mall to grab lunch with friends and check out Easter decorations because I think Easter was that um, weekend. That's so innocent. Um, they left their home around 11 a.m. and their mother told them to be back home by 4 or 5, you know, sometime like that. Their mother, Mary, was so excited to see them going off together because up until recently, Sheila did not want anything to do with Kate. That's right. So... They're finally starting to hang out. I remember those days too. Yes. And their mom That's was just awesome. And you know Kate was so excited. Yeah, yeah. She like, gets to go with her big sister. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. So around 1 p.m. the sisters were seen by a witness outside of the Orange Bowl, which is a pizza restaurant they wanted to eat at. And they were seen talking to an unidentified man. This witness was a neighborhood boy who knew the girls. He said that there was a tall man about six feet tall who was about 50 to 60 years old. He was wearing a brown suit carrying around a briefcase with a tape recorder inside. There was also other children seen talking into the microphone with this man. I know this story. That just reminded me. Okay. I don't remember though. Deets. Well, but I do. I, I had told Alyssa I had never heard of it, but I remember I now the recording and the microphone. Mm-hmm. You might remember this part, but I think there's going to be a twisty twist. We'll see. I don't know the end at all. Okay. So, go. Well, let's get after it. Let's get it started. I mm-hmm. uh, said we weren't going to sing again either. <sighs> Sorry, friends. <laughs> I like it, but. I know my voice just isn't for everyone. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. So. <laughs> um, at 2 p.m. J, their older brother sees them eating at the Orange Bowl. And between 2.30 and 3, the girls were seen by a friend. They were leaving the mall, walking back on the road that led to their house. Now, this was the last sighting of the girls before they had went missing. By 7 p.m., Sheila and Catherine had not shown back up to the house, so their parents began to worry. They immediately called police and reported the girls missing. 
This is one of our special cases where the police acted as they should have and gotten immediately on. Good. On you know, and they didn't tell him to wait twenty four hours or whatever Good. to report him missing or Good. have concern. So when the police and their family could not find them, they began to think of the possibility of foul play. They did not wait to start the investigation and labeled them as missing. Mary told police this was very unlike the girls, and if Sheila were to ever be late or stop at a friend's house, she always called. Even though it was very unlikely due to the girls not having taken anything with them and had no motive to, John was still hoping that they had decided to run away and would come back home soon. That don't, doesn't seem like they were those kind of girls. No. Mm-hmm. At this time, the most missing children were runaways and were found in 24 hours. Really? Yeah. This It was like not common at all for children, much, much less two little girls, to be abducted by a complete stranger. These kids are out there living it up. Yeah. So, like, most of the mm. t- kids at that time that were reported missing were runaways. Right. Like, being abdu- abducted by a stranger. That was like, not even in the realm two, of and possibilities. And two children? Right. Yep. This was, like. Unheard of. Very unheard of. Yep. So, they, like, it just wasn't making sense to them. Yep. So, this is going to break your heart. Their mom kept their Easter baskets out on the fireplace just in case they came home. I think she Aww. kept them there for like two or three weeks. Because oh remember, they went God. missing Easter weekend. Uh, no. Or around Easter. Y'all were doing the same thing. And it, every time I hear a case, this is like their mom left a plate out for them for dinner for so long. Yep. Or, you know, or left kept their, their room. room the same. Yes. That always. But I would do the same thing. How would you ever? I mean, people do it and whatever. Everybody handles it different, but I would be one of those people who would freeze time in their bedroom. I wouldn't be able to help it. I'd probably move, actually, if we're being honest. I don't know what I would do. It depends if it were for my forever home, you know? If it were my forever I home, would I would just move. probably be, like, in a depression. Like, I would literally, like, probably never move on. No, I don't think you do. Like, I've never really moved on from my mom dying, you know? Like, that still hurts, like... It was yesterday. And so, can you imagine your child, your baby? I think about it sometimes and I have panic attacks. Me too. Mm-hmm. If something happened to them. But, you know, it's it's crazy, though, the strength that you get when something bad happens. Um, You know, you know say I could, wouldn't make it, but I have another child. And so, I mean, you know, you kind of have to move on. If I didn't have another child, I wouldn't make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that's heavy I know, Alyssa. I know i got that feeling in my stomach and in my chest <clears throat> thinking about something happened to my children mm. yeah uh-uh no anyways this is the case that changed the public for this area like this was their boogeyman story yep. and the reason children became more sheltered in the sense of being as young as the girls were going oh, anywhere alone like and Washington D.C. This area. Mm-hmm. This was the story that think about it now. parents kids, told their kids. Kids don't get that kind of independence now until either. I mean, really, until college. Yeah, like these kids were just sent out there. Like they had to problem solve and make decisions. Like that's a really that's a, that that would be at that time. That was a, a really important part. I bet it produced totally different adults. Oh yeah, than us now. 
I, I make my almost nine-year-old go into the bathroom with me when we go places because I'm scared to death that, you know, because there's so many sickos and now we know about all of them, especially being you. Yeah. We know about all of them. Like, I, he might have to go in the bathroom with me forever. I'm oh, gonna, wow. I'll, have to, or I'll have to arm him with a can of mace. You can go get my babies. You know? But it sucks, y'all, that we... <sighs> Heaven won't be like this. Mm-mm. Anyway, Praise the Lord. Alyssa, this is heavy. I know. And we're not Ooh. done yet. All right. So they asked for witnesses to come forward, and they were trying to piece the girls' last, like, their last day together. Jay came forward telling them that he saw them at the restaurant, and the little boy who saw them talking to the guy with the suit with the recorder uh-huh. was, you know, they knew about that. Then yep. they were all who saw them leaving the mall. And there was another witness that saw a long-haired man at the mall staring at the sisters. Mm. So now we've got creepers everywhere, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She saw him staring at them so hard that she confronted him about it and told him, take a picture, it lasts longer. You go, girl. She described a young white man in his 20s with acne and scars on his face. Mm. And the sketch, they did a sketch um, of both guys. So they did a sketch mm-hmm. of the guy that was in the suit and the guy of the in the 20s that was called the girls mm-hmm. yeah but the sketch was never widely spread amongst the community because the sketch artist told his superiors that the younger one with the 20s with the long hair and acne he didn't think it was um a good likeness of the suspect so how, how would you know sir so he told his superiors and he suggested to not make it public because it would t- generate too many false leads at this point, there are two little innocent girls missing. A lead's a lead. So, just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. There was more focus on trying to find the tape recorder man. And when the sketch of the tape recorder man went to the media, there were other people who said they had seen this man a few weeks earlier at other malls in neighboring towns. Mm-hmm. So, two days after the sketch was made public, a local man told a security guard that he had been at Wheaton Plaza the day the girls went missing. The witness said that he had w- saw the girls getting in the car with a guy that looked like the person in the sketch. Mm. Um, the police believed him at the time, and they got him to take a lie detector test, so he failed, and then just thought he was making the story up to get the $9,000 reward that was out there for information uh-uh. leading to the girls' whereabouts. Broke ass. He all, we, you know, we always have these trolls who target victims' families, and the Lion family had their fair share of them. Oh. People would call their home saying they had seen the sisters, and one on, unknown male told them to leave $10,000 cash inside the bathroom in the courthouse. So John does it, but it was never picked up, and the man later called saying um, the police had the courthouse surrounded so they couldn't get in there and to, so he could pick the money up. And so, the guy told him that he would be back in touch, but never called again. I thought you were going to say he called back and said, psych. No, he just never called back again. What a boob. Yeah. Police continued their search by checking a pond near Wheaton Plaza, sewage drains, and asked locals to check their crawl spaces based on what a psychic psychic had said. But the leads dried up because there was not very many sightings of the girls after leaving the mall. The only lead was the tape recorder man who had still not been identified at that time. Mm-hmm. 
Finally, they had another credible lead. A witness had <coughs> called them stating he had seen a little girl that resembled Sheila through the back windshield of a beige 1968 Ford station wagon. The driver looked like the man in the sketch. He said she was blonde with blue eyes and metal rimmed glasses and she was bound and gagged. This was two weeks after the girls had disappeared. He said it had a Maryland tag and a license plate with the letters DMT6. It was released and the public went into action immediately. Truckers chased Bay Station wagons to the side of the road to do their own searches. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love and it. on once an armed a group of armed citizens chased a Bay Station wagon down at Burke Lake campsite and the witnesses um like did their own search of the squirrel. Like they chased this guy down. If I had a Bay Station wagon then I would have sold it, traded in. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um but this witness sighting became a little bit more questionable to police. Uh-huh. So, just keep that in mind. Uh-huh. So, in the mid-1980s, the police got another promising lead that there was a sex offender convicted in North Carolina who had been living in the same town as the Lion Sisters were in at the time of their disappearance. His name was Fred Coffey. And he had been sitting in jail on child sex crime charges. This was in 1987 when he had been convicted in the beating, strangulation, and molestation of a 10-year-old girl. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that was in North Carolina, you said? Yes. He had been in the Navy, and when he left, he had moved to Montgomery County, Maryland, which is where the Lion Sisters had lived. Yep. He had moved in March of 1975, a month before they went missing. And some say he resembled the sketch of Tape Recorder Man, so I guess that was another reason to think he might have been yep. their guy. Mm-hmm. Um, August of 1975, Kathy Beatty was found brutally beaten and sexually assaulted in a wooded area right near Fred's work. Mm-hmm. And when she was found, Kathy was alive, but died a few days later at the hospital. What? always hate when that happens i know but media reports at the time said that there was a young girl who had been found barely alive but beaten so fred coffee ran because she was still alive or he thought she was still alive and thought that she'd be able to identify him and so he that's where he moved to north carolina and there was a string of young children being kidnapped beaten and sexually assaulted and so Due to all of this, they were thinking that he could have been the one that had kidnapped Lion Sisters. Right. But police were never able to talk to him because his lawyers disapproved and then other things just kept happening that kept them apart. Mm. So <clears throat> they had a suspect, but they never really got. So they're in to Maryland. He's in North Carolina. Yeah, and he's, he's in prison. Lawyers didn't agree for yeah. him to talk to him. And then the travel and all that. So yeah. they just didn't. Make the time. So, this in their minds, they think this is who did it, but they didn't have confirmation of it. I'm thinking. Interview the guy. I mean, dang, there has to be ways around that for those girls' family, right? I don't know. Mm. But in early 2000, they organized a memorial in a cemetery for Catherine and Sheila. For 25 years, there was no place to visit. There were no answers. And was a reminder that the girls were missing. But the Lyon family began to believe there was never going to be any closure and they would never know what happened to their daughters. So sad. 
How many years? That have been 25 years? Yes. 2000. Gosh. Ugh. Because it's 7 and 75. It's horrible. So, up until February 11th of 2014, they had no real concrete proof that anybody had done it. Yeah. But the police came out and said that they had a man they had identified and had evidence linking him to the disappearance of the girls. His name was Lloyd Lee Welch. Mm. And he had been incarcerated as a convicted child sex offender and had proof that he was at Wheaton Plaza the girls' When the girls went missing. Uh-huh. He may have had contact with the girls as well. They believed that he had left some survivors of his crimes and asked the public for help. This was 39 years after Catherine and Sheila disappeared. So, this is taking my brain back to the artist sketch that he wasn't confident it resembled the guy with the long hair. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, it's very funny you say that <laughs> because that was leading into, now you remember that the guy that was staring too hard at the girls and the one that the sketch was done of, but I'm never released into I cannot see the uh, letters on your screen. I'm so blind. Yeah, so that grungy looking guy she uh, described was an 18-year-old 18-year-old Lloyd Lee Welch. It just sounds like a pedophile. Lo- I know. I hate Lloyd. when they use their whole I names, too. I know. Ugh. He grosses me out. Oh. Just wait I don't even know anything see- about him yet. You just he wait till you see pictures. He grosses pictures. me out. Mm-hmm. So, Lloyd was um, a witness, and I'm using my air quotes, yes, um, back in is. 1975 when the girls had disappeared. Lloyd was the man who went up to the security guard at the mall saying that he had seen the girls that day. Uh-huh. So he was inserting himself into yep. the... Classic. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had told the police a story that fit the media's narrative about the older gentleman. And police asked him to take the lie detector test, like I said earlier, about what he claimed he had saw. But he failed, and that's when they deemed him an unreliable witness. Uh-uh. And they ne- failed the polygraph, and yes. they deemed him an Because peoples. they were asking questions like, was the tape recorder man the one you saw and he'd be like yes but it was obviously no like they were questioning him on his story not his involvement that sucks so they they questioned this guy they had a sketch of this guy and it still was almost 40 years until they i guess the sketch was bad if the police didn't match it up to this cat right or they're just Incompetent. Well, and had their um, eyes narrowed on one suspect the only. The reporter. Mm-hmm. Who was that fool? <clears throat> I don't know if they... who was going around interviewing people's kids. No. Yeah, are you I enjoying like the, I Are you like enjoying that. the mall this summer, girls? <laughs> no, I Can don't you imagine? That. that is creepy. I think he was asking them, like, if they played sports and stuff. <laughs> Your face. Even creepier. Sometimes we should record it so people can see our facial expressions. I think that would be, be fun. funny. Somebody at work told me to do that. Mm-hmm. It would be fun. Yep. But then I'd have to actually do something to myself. We don't have to do that. Who cares? Sorry, we love y'all, but I don't put makeup on for nobody. <laughs> I'm kidding. Not outside of work. I don't. 
I don't even do it for work. I look like a... You are young and beautiful. Shut up. You don't need it. Appreciate it. Them lashes are hanging in there. Sweet. I need to get them out. It's hanging in there. I need them out. You want me to rip them out? Oh, no, please. Please, no. (laughs) They're just going to fall. You're a little heavier over here. I mean, they still, I can feel the breeze off of those babies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like, I like your regular lashes better. Thank you. I might start wearing mascara more though to make myself look a little bit more appealing to the public. It's they're beautiful, but I like your regular. The natural lashes. I don't wear mascara because I'm lazy, and I don't like having to scrub it off at night. You don't need to ever touch around your eye that much. My mom taught me lots about preventing wrinkles. You don't scrub your eye, like even when you wash your face. And I have to scrub so hard to get mascara off, and I was like, you know what? I don't need the wrinkles. I'm not. I feel real silly tonight. I just, we just went off on a, I forgot we were recording. (laughs) Editing Alyssa, let's jump back in here. Okay, okay. Take this out, please, and thank you. (laughs) I'm singing again. Oh, God. All right. So, Lloyd, like I said, was inserting himself into the investigation to place blame on someone else so it could be further away from him being caught. Yeah. So, during this press conference, police held up a copy of the composite sketch beside a photo of Lloyd back in 1975. They were identical. Uh Uh-uh. Is this the old sketch from the artist? Yep. Stop it. And he was in the police station. None of these fools put it together? Yeah. So, now this is the sketch that never saw the light of day because the detective that drew it said it wasn't a good likeness. Mm -mm. Like... They, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're going to jump it back a year before this press conference. And it's in 2013. Sergeant Chris Homrock ran across Lloyd's statement. He was going through the case. Yeah. And had ran across Lloyd's statement. And this is the first time that he had saw it and read it or whatever and paid attention to it, I suppose. So he was like a cold case detective. Yeah, something like, like that. Or back over the case. Yeah. And um, he had noticed that he looked an awful lot like the sketch of the teen boy with the long hair and facial scars that was never mm. released. So mm. he was putting it together himself. Mm. And this piqued his curiosity about his involvement. Good for you, Sergeant Pomrock. But at this point time he thought at a minimum Lloyd Lee Welch had witnessed the crime firsthand he knew some, he had you know he knew that he was involved but he didn't know the extent of what he was you know mm-hmm. involved with like That's he right. he didn't think he was the one that committed this crime solely you know because he's right. like an 18 19 year old kid I think that's right and then he went into the police station yeah if, if he did it I mean after so then they learned that Lloyd Lee Welch was currently serving part of his 33-year prison sentence for the um, child sex crime back in the 1980s, mm-hmm. I think. So, October 16th of 2013, Detective Dave Davis and Sergeant Chris Homrock went to interview Lloyd at a prison in Delaware. The first words that come out of this creep's mouth is, quote, I know why you're here. You hear about those two missing kids, end quote, with a grin on his face. Uh-uh. He wouldn't have smiled at me. I would have slapped it right off. 
the oh, but hmm, this is what gets me is he's saying this, but his next thing that he says is, you know, he he had nothing to do with it. Uh-uh. Yeah, in their first interrogation, Lloyd was adamant that he had nothing to do with their disappearance, and he claimed, quote, I didn't kill anybody, I didn't rape anybody, I didn't do nothing to those girls. Excuse me? I Nobody mean, ever released anything, any details like that. We just don't know what happened to them. Yeah. So why would he say that? Yeah. Come on, Chief. Yeah. Come on. They don't know they're dead. They didn't know that no. anything, anything happened to in, them. Uh-uh. Anything about their assault? Mm-mm. So... He said, I mean, I really don't have much to tell, end quote. The detectives only thought he had witnessed the crime or possibly helped in the disappearance of the sisters, thinking his partner was Ray Molesky or Molesky, another child Sounds offender. Even more like a child molester. Molesky? <laughs> Molesky. By the end of the interrogation, Dave had made a comment about what Lloyd thought Ray had done to the girls. Um, he, yeah, and so they always, like, ask his opinion. And his response was the one that caught the detective's attention. Lloyd said, quote, Well, my opinion is that he killed him and raped him. He killed him and probably burned him. I don't know, end quote. Oh, yeah, real casual. Like yeah. <laughs> Very uh, detail-oriented for something you don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. In subsequent interviews, Lloyd continues to come up with elaborate lies about not being involved. And then he claimed he had just kidnapped them and a family member had committed the rest of the crimes. It started out with the family member first being a cousin and then it changed to an uncle and then he named Oh, so wait, he's telling this about himself. Like he finally admitted something? No, 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 no. no, no. Oh, sorry, y'all. He's saying like he kidnapped the girls, but his family member is the one that committed the crime like Assaulting I them see. And so them. he took them from the mall, mm-hmm. is what he's telling the investigators mm-hmm. from Maryland. But every time he changes the family member up to his like uncle or his cousin, his yeah, dad. Like, okay, gotcha. Um, and then he starts claiming that his father sexually abused him as a child, and he just kept going on and on and on. But yeah. he's always placing blame on somebody, somebody else. else. Yep. Because he sucks. Yeah. And so the more they look at Lloyd as a, a suspect, the deeper they dove into his past. According to legal documents, Lloyd's mother was killed in a car accident, and the driver was his father, who was drunk at the time, and Lloyd was also a passenger in the car. Mm. After that, he was in and out of foster homes for a while before he finally ran away for good, and he started using drugs around as a teenager. And as an adult, he wandered around, and he was also in the carnival for a time. And so- <laughs> <laughs> Did you say he was in the carnival? Yeah. He was a carny. Well, they're creepy. They're all creepy. I, every time I go with the kids, I just get this, yeah, I think probably like at least 62% of people that work at the carnival are creepers. Hell yeah. Yeah. I feel creepy. Yeah. Well, this is, they mm-hmm. they started to learn all this, and this is why they asked the public for help, because he was able to get around to so many different places. Uh-huh. And he was a creep. Yeah. And so, police say back in 1975 that Lloyd was poor, dirty, desperate, and would do just dirty. about anything. Okay. Yeah, he was... He didn't bathe. Yeah. Ooh, no. And it says that he was sort of like a hippie, is how they described uh, it. And he was, yeah. yeah, very into drugs. Like, they say back in... I guess the 60s was that one that started off coming yeah. out, like weed and like just the LS, LSD. 
maybe. Yeah. I don't know if he was going that hard. Well, it says heavy drugs. So. Okay, so, yeah, maybe a little LSD, acid, that kind of thing. Well, he they said in, in like, um, I don't know if it was an article I was reading or not, but in some of my research, I found where it said that after, like, Lloyd was still dressing, like, the hippie phase, even, like, ten years after. It stopped. It, yeah. yeah. And um, he lived by the motto, quote, if it feels good, do it, end quote. Yikes. And he had a girlfriend. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah. Way to take it to the next level. Okay. All the way to the tippy top. Um, And he had a girlfriend at the time named Helen. Poor Helen. Yeah, I don't know much about her, but Jordan. I guess it didn't last. Mm-hmm. He was mm. too busy creeping on kids. Nasty. Mm-hmm. In the summer of 2014 is when the detective started looking into the rest of the Welch family and found some disturbing things. Mm-hmm. From my understanding, this is what I would consider like a real hillbilly. You okay. know, like people right. say like, hillbillies, yeah. but like, this is like when I'm for real, like, oh my gosh, like, yeehaw from the mountains, hillbilly. Like, um, the movie Deliverance. Or like, wrong Have you term. ever seen Deliverance? No. It's old. Have and you seen Burt wrong Reynolds term? Is in it. Yeah, I think so. Just like that. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's what they played of Deliverance before <clears throat> these guys rape these other guys. In the woods. And then Burt Reynolds, I've never watched Burt Reynolds had on a vest that looked like tire treads. And it was probably the coolest vest I've ever seen in my oh life. My God. Burt Reynolds was fine, man. Is Burt Reynolds dead? I don't even know who that is. All right, Dad. He's very real. He's dead, I think. Well, they lived in the Appalachian. Appalachian. Okay. Right? Yeah. They lived in the Appalachian Mountains, and they lived in a section people refer to as Taylor's Mountain. So, if I say something about Taylor's Mountain, this is That's like their little where the little community in, yeah, in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, people in town consider them to be weird, generational <laughs> poverty, violent, and local police tried to avoid that place as much as possible. Oh, that means they're pretty hardcore if the cops are avoiding Yeah. Mm-hmm. They try and, like, keep their distance. Yeah. The most shocking of them all to police was the family was notorious for incest. Oh, no. No, 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 yeah. no. There is, like, a community of this family, and they grew so big by incest. Some adults in Lloyd's immediate family exploited their children as well. And the family children experimented sexually with their siblings and their cousins. They never stood a chance. Oh, man. This is oh, what man. Lloyd grew up in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, police started to believe that if the Lion sisters did disappear at the hands of this man, they believed his family at least knew about it and more than likely probably helped yep. set different points. Because mm-hmm. they were those people. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, Lloyd claims his Uncle Dick was the ringmaster. Uncle who? <laughs> Did you say Dick, ma'am? Yes. Well, that's always so. You think his real name was Richard? Like, yeah, probably. Really named their kids Dick. <laughs> you little not. Dick. <laughs> I am not. You little Dick, come here. So goofy. <laughs> well, they would call me Dick. 
They wouldn't call me Dick. Nope. They definitely would call me Little Dick. <sighs> little Dick. <laughs> was the ringmaster of this whole crime and had planned out the girl's kidnapping, overseeing of their rape, murder, and dismemberment. Mm-hmm. His uncle was 70 years old at the time and was suffering from heart trouble. And other family members said had also made accusations about him being violent towards them in the past. Mm. Dick denied everything, but was summoned to a grand jury. Alert! <laughs> alert! Dick denied everything. <laughs> he said he had never seen them before and was not a part of the crime in any form. He said he had wished he could help the detectives figure it out. Another one of the people Lloyd claimed did it was his cousin Teddy. Even though Teddy was only 11 years old at the time. What? Yeah, so he just was naming different people okay. to place blame uh, yeah. on someone different else, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lloyd ended up leaving the family side, but everything disgusting that he had learned stuck with him. Mm. An article I read said Lloyd kept telling different stories, always blaming someone else for the crime, but police did learn stuff about Lloyd and a little bit more of, you know, they're trying to help piece together what really happened to the girls yeah throughout the many stories that he had told there were a few running themes and let me just read you a few so um this is some things that he just kept repeating in different stories like whether you know his uncle did or his cousin or Mm -hmm. you know whoever these facts stayed the same Mm -hmm. yeah so he um some of them were stalking the girls in the mall and getting high, driving a station wagon, one of the girls crying in the back seat, a basement that the girls were raped, drugged, and he mentioned an axe, and chopping them up and burning them. So the more he told different stories, he did have some constants. And behind every lie, there is always a little bit of the truth. Now, one thing that stuck out to me about those stories was mentioning a station wagon and one of the girls was in the backseat crying because there was a witness statement, if you remember, yes. that he had given he had given back oh, in 1975. He's the one that gave that? Yeah. So, within that lie, he told was some of the truth. He was the one driving the station wagon with oh, those girls Lord. in it, and yes, one or both of them were probably crying. I thought it was strange. Is that the one who said blue eyes and short blonde hair? Yeah. If she was in the back of a station wagon, you must have been pretty close to see the color of her eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So, Detective Dave went on a search for this house that Lloyd had kept describing and in the basement and all that. Yeah. And originally said that it was like his uncle's his uncle's house, but when he showed up in Taylor Mountain or whatever, yeah. um, he realized the house he was describing was his father's, the one that he had lived in. Mm-hmm. In both stories about his uncle and cousin, he said the girls were in a basement that you could only access from outside down the porch on the side of the driveway. He realized again a lie with a little truth sprinkled in. Dave went inside the basement and said he knew without a shadow of a doubt this was where the girls were. He said it was dark and secluded enough to where you could do what you wanted with two little girls and no one could hear them. A few days later, he comes back with the forensics team and begins to look for evidence. In the first room you come into in the basement, they sprayed blue star spray, which highlights any particles of blood and makes them shine. Um, It's kind of like white under a black light. 
Trying, what do they call? I've heard a term for this stuff. They call it a name. Luminol. Okay. Luminol. From all my shows on the ID channel. Yeah. They spray luminol on it and you use a black light and it shows blood and any kind of yeah. human fluids. <clears throat> yeah. So this weird. one, I guess, was like specifically for blood. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. Okay. So it's not like sperm or anything. So, okay. So gotcha. it's just so it's a little blood. different. Okay. Okay. That first room they checked was clean. Then they moved to the back of the room and that held debris. So they had to move a bunch of stuff out of the way and then sprayed it in the room. Mm-hmm. And the entire room lit up bright blue. Uh uh. How creepy. They, Ugh. I know, but they probably had like chills all over their bodies. Yeah. They literally said it was lit up like a murder scene. There was wow. blue light splattered all over the ceiling and walls like blood splatter. Mm-hmm. And back in 1975, this was Lloyd's place. It what was like year? What year is this? They're spraying the blue star. 2014. That long? That much time had passed? So that's the years. blue star is way ahead of Luminol, friends. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. So, I kind of have a little pop culture reference. Do it. Um, I thought of this, like, place that they checked the basement. They, they said it was Lloyd's place. I thought it was kind of like Eric Forbin's place in that 70s show. You yeah. You know, where, like, all yeah, of them yeah, are going yeah. to smoke right, weed Right, in a circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think this is kind of like yep. Lloyd's, but a lot creepier. Yeah. Or Eric's, but a lot creepier. Like it's like Eric's basement, but okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Only one entrance, one exit. Yeah, then yeah. it was from the outside. Yeah. Not long after this discovery, they had enough evidence to charge Lloyd Lee Welch with the Lion Sisters' disappearance, likely rape and murder as well. Mm-hmm. On September twelfth, two thousand seventeen, Lloyd pled guilty to two counts of felony murder, even though he still denied that he had anything to do Never with it. Yeah, I know. He was indicted after police had his cousins corroborating Lloyd's final story of driving driving human remains to Taylor Mountain. Lloyd had also said several times that he was scared of execution, so he was considered more likely to accept the guilty plea in Virginia. Because if he didn't accept it and he was found guilty, he would have received the death Death penalty. penalty. So he was trying to avoid... Dying I and being executed? Him, I would have given him the death penalty then. Been like, no, no. I would have, yeah. I would, well, I think <clears throat> they wanted him to plead guilty because they wanted they wanted to put him away for it. Right. But didn't have enough edit. They were afraid that. a jury might find him. Yeah. Innocent. Yeah. So, have. even though he escaped without the death penalty, he will never leave prison. So, Yay. that's at least a good thing. Yes, it is. Um, there was another article I read on the Washington Post that I'll link in the show notes. Um, the author of this article actually went and talked to Lloyd Lee Welch themselves, mm-hmm. and he questioned him about his innocence and asked what happened. Lloyd claims he repeatedly asked for a lawyer, even though he did not, and his cooperation was voluntary because he kept saying that, like, oh, well, at first he didn't want to talk to him, and then it changed to, well, I like talking to him because he got me out of prison, and uh-huh. he's just sitting here, you know, being a boot, being yeah. Lloyd. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Lloyd said, quote, I have told them all I know. Just because a person pleads guilty to something doesn't mean they are guilty of it. Excuse me? 
I did not murder or kidnap them girls, end quote. He sounds real smart. Yeah. Mm, you real smart fella. High IQ. Yeah, sure. But first things first, I would not just go willy-nilly admitting right. that I was guilty of something I didn't do, especially if it was pleading guilty to murder, the murder of, like, two, two babies. Yeah. Yeah. No. Lloyd. Nobody's Sorry. Falling for that crap. No. And he still maintains that his uncle is the one that was responsible for what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Even though all of that... Oh, wait. But even through all of that, the author states Lloyd seemed to be proud of whatever his role was in the crime. Mm-hmm. And he made a comment saying it was the perfect crime. No, it wasn't. Because you got caught. But it did take a long time. Yeah. He sucks. He's not smart. And they never, they still haven't found the girl's remains. Oh. So. Um, he complained about the food in prison and being treated like a murderer and child rapist. Because, like I said, he still... He complained about the food. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Please eat Come your on. feces for the rest of your life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He then said that someone threatened to shank him, and he liked doing interviews, like I said, because it got him out of prison for a while. Somebody threatened to shank him. Yeah. Why didn't they do it? I know. You missed your There's opportunity, something about bro. prison shanks. That I'm very interested in. I don't know why. I like the word, number one. Well, he didn't get shanked, so that sucks. I wish he would have got. So, besides Lloyd Lee Welch, the police thought there was someone else involved. And they did believe Lloyd was involved, but they just didn't ever get the chance to have specific details or answers. Right. And the girls are still missing or they were still missing, you know, and they still haven't found their bodies or remains or anything. Um, Later, Lloyd's uncle's daughter, Patricia Ann Welch, spoke in a documentary saying that there were lots of bad things on the mountain and they would find bones and bodies all over. Yeah, so this... On the mountain? Yeah. I'm thinking about, like, hikers, people trying to camp in tents. So Just crazy. anything. Well, like, so I mean, they kidnapped two children. Like, how many kids could they have? And how many years went by between the time he kidnapped and killed them and, and the time he was caught? No. So, Ugh. she said, quote, what happens on the mountain stays on the mountain, end quote. And during an interview with some other family members, Lloyd's cousin, Connie, provided investigation investigators with a game-changing lead and said, quote, I do remember Lloyd in 1975 coming to the house with his wife or whoever she was. Um, she was referring to Helen, I believe. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. says she was pregnant. And then she goes on by saying, quote, my memory just begins. He's there with a bag. It was an army green duffel bag stuffed full. Mm. It was easily big enough to stuff one of the girls in. <gasps> Lloyd arrived with a bag and a set of bloodied clothes, which he attributed to some raw meat that they were planning to Gross. cook, but that the meat was bad. Raw meat that was bad? What kind of meat do you think he's talking about? Alyssa, why didn't he just say, I killed a deer and skinned it? Like, raw meat? Ew. Yeah, but I think he was referring to eating them. Oh. <gasps> I could be wrong. You think he tried, Bryce? I don't know. I, I that's what I, I get out of it. Put anything past Lloyd. If he's got an army green duffel bag and then brings up Talk meat, about raw meat, yeah, and the meat being bad, stop it. <clears throat> Connie's brother Henry was also present at the time and was an, 
was able to corroborate the story. Mm. And he said that he remembered helping him throw the bag into a large fire, but never never bothered to look inside the bag. The fire. Uh-huh. Yeah. And people who also lived around Taylor Mountain remember the 1975 fire that they said smelled like foul and flesh. Oh. And it oh. burned for days. They recalled how it smelled like someone had burned themselves, and these witness stories led police to connect the dots between one of Lloyd's interviews when yep. he said something about the girls being burned up. Yep. So, while searching through the mountain, the investigators were able to find a possible burn site and bone fragments, which was the first physical evidence in the case. However, the bones were so degraded that it was not possible Aww, to get any DNA damn. from making the evidence void. So, they, that made the evidence void. So, did their, par- did their parents die without knowing? I don't know if they're dead yet, um, but they're very old. Yeah. Well, at least maybe they got some closure. I hope so. I hope that's what with all these stories. I just, Mm -hmm. even if they don't, I mean, it'd be great if they found their bodies, but at least they know. Well, I think Lloyd Lee Welch kidnapped them and raped them and other family members might have as well. Yep. And then he kills them and dismembers them and burns their body in a duffel bag and then calls it a day. And possibly, oh, gross. He's gross. I need to see a picture of this cat while we're talking about this. My phone. Here. I can look it up. My phone's right beside me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, I'll read my sources, then you tell us what you think about this creepy I'm going to take a glance at Lloyd. Wait a minute. Tell me his... Lloyd Lee Welch. I couldn't remember. So, my sources for this episode were Wikipedia, of course. Um, The podcast, The Investigation Continues. The Washington Post article I'll link. Also, a NZ Herald article that I'll link. An article on Meow. An article on Grunge. And an article on Desist. Um, so, tell us what you think about that. Yikes. Yeah, yeah that's a creepy looking dude. He's rough. It looks like his nose has been broken several times. They have all these weird angles of him. He doesn't have any teeth in this court picture from, dang it, it doesn't tell me the date. He's rough. Like, these poor, those poor girls. So. And I imagine he almost looks that he almost looks parents. a little incesty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, the. We'll post pictures, guys. Yeah, he looks messed up. And he always did. His eyes aren't really dead, though. You know, some of them you can look at their eyes and oh, yeah. shark eyes, and it's rough. But he's always been a pretty rough, scary fellow. Sorry, just passed out there. Yeah. Well, anyways, that was the case of Sheila and Catherine Lyon, who disappeared in 1975. Thanks. May they rest in peace. Yes. So, thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Sorry, the last part. We are recording at night. Yeah, guys. This was a Hot Mess Express. Hot Mess Express. We have a lot of those. We do. We're trying to get better. We still have to save some for bloopers. People, it'll be funny. People will just... You guys might not get it. But we think it's funny. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> it's something. Something's better than nothing. <laughs> right? So. All right, friends. Well, thank you so much for listening another week. Alyssa, that was a great job. I've heard of the story before. 
I did not know that any details, like I remember that somebody was caught, but I didn't know any details about the mountain, yeah. where he lived, any, him blaming his family. Like, I don't remember any of that stuff. Well, So, way to really dive in there and give 110%. I try for our listeners. Yeah. I'm trying. Because you guys are the best. Yeah. But, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. At Ill Natured Pod. The Facebook group. Ill Natured Podcast. The Twitter. Ill Natured Pod. And email. Ill Natured Pod at Yahoo.com. And always rate and review and subscribe, subscribe. like and follow uh-huh. us on whatever podcasting app you listen to us Correct. on. Correct. Um and yeah. You're great. Um I don't know what I'm doing next week yet. I don't know. I wanna get into something I don't know. Hmm. I'm gonna spend a lot of time trying to figure out one that you know I got a good one for my next case. What is it? You want to tell? No, nope, I'm gonna to keep it. I'm gonna keep it under lock and key. I like it. I like your style. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So do all the things. Go to all the places and tell all your friends. That's right. Please. And we'll be here next week. We hope you are too. That's right. Oh, and our t-shirts. Oh yeah. We're gonna have t-shirts very soon. So we want y'all to go. We're gonna have. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do a giveaway, and that's already posted on, on Facebook. our Facebook yep. group. What about Instagram? Is it posted on Instagram? I don't think. I don't know. Maybe we can try to get it on there. Tonight. I definitely I'll can. Um, and I can even. I might even repost it with a picture of the t-shirt design. Yeah, I'll find a good um outline of a t-shirt or sketch us one. So we can go ahead and put it on there so people can see yeah, the full. Yeah, we can do a good giveaway post. Mm-hmm. We're gonna Anyways. have two to start with. We want you to be following us on Instagram, in the Facebook group, and of course, listening to our podcast. That's the big thing. Yep. We're wanting to reach um, a thousand listeners yep. on our podcast. Right yes. now, we're, I think the most listeners we've had on an episode was 140, so that's pretty yep. good, but we want, you know, we're shooting for a thousand. So That's right. I think y'all can make it happen. Y'all make some... Silly things blow up, so I think that's right. And y'all make sure to send us an email. I know we already we already gave the email address, but yeah, so Alyssa can get fun emails. Yeah, and case suggestions. We want to put out content that y'all want to hear. So. Yes, yes. All right. Oh, oh, we, oh, something else. Yes, yes, something else. We added Australia and Canada. I don't know if I mentioned that the last time. Australia and Canada, yes. What about the Netherlands? Was it the ne- the Netherlands? I there was s- one. I didn't see that one, but we have added India. Stop it! I didn't know that. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. Look it up and see if I missed one. All right, let's just say you guys are awesome. Just name them all out because I love shouting you guys out, especially That's the ones right. from other countries. It's just so cool. It is really cool. All right. Shout out to the United States, the United Kingdom, Sweden, Costa Rica, Denmark, Finland, Germany, Puerto Rico, Canada, Australia, and like I said, India. Awesome. You guys are the best. If you have any stories, 
that are famous from your country or that aren't famous from your countries. We would love to hear those and share them on air for you. Yes, and y'all get some more of your friends in y'all's country listening as well. We just appreciate each and every one of you. Y'all are the best. We're really gushy tonight, but I'm feeling it. You know, I'm all in my feels. Yeah, we got to tell y'all how much y'all appreciate it. We appreciate y'all. We enjoy recording so much. We do. I hope we could do it forever. Me too. Um, Full time. Yeah. Full time. You heard her. You heard me. We love you guys so much. Keep on coming back. Peace.